This is the John Oakley Show podcast. In the city of Woodstock, the city itself and the Woodstock police currently suffering cyber attacks. How this happens, why it happens, well, we know there's uh, obviously some incentive for these people. They're getting paid off. Stratford paid in Bitcoin 75000 to somebody who hacked into their systems back in April. David Shipley is the CEO of Boceron Security and Global News Radio cybersecurity expert and technology analyst. And he's on the line to put this all into some kind of perspective. David, how are you doing this afternoon? Good afternoon from Ottawa. Well, okay. I appreciate you joining us from the nation's capital. Uh, another town in Ontario is suffering this attack. We've seen that Stratford, we found out, uh, was also victimized by such and paid out in Bitcoin, as I said. Uh, is this gaining in prominence? Is this something that's, uh, you know, happening more and more frequently, especially with uh, certain sized entities? Uh, Absolutely. Municipalities have been on the buffet table for cyber criminals all summer and into the fall. So we've talked about a string of different attacks attacking cities of all sizes, the biggest being Baltimore being crippled. And now uh, you can draw a circle around uh, Toronto and you can count six different communities that have been hit with ransomware attacks. All right. Well, I mentioned Stratford and uh, obviously Woodstock. Would you care to mention the others? So previous ones, and actually it's interesting, Wasaga Beach, then Midland, then Stratford, and now the uh, latest, Woodstock. So it's a really interesting sort of ring around the GTA, um, and a lot of them have paid, which means criminals will continue to target them and others in that sector. And municipalities are such a perfect target because there's a level of government we're most sensitive um, to their services disappearing. So you, um, you really feel it. So how does the ransomware work exactly? Well, so a ransomware attack works by encrypting the data or files or systems and simply making them unavailable. So it can be everything from locking up the email systems to, um, in this case, impacting sometimes police operations um, and IT systems that we actually are shockingly um, quite reliant on for everything for day-to-day services. So typically, how then would uh, a cyber attacker access a municipal uh, city's data bank or uh, whatever, their whole system, how would they do that? There's two common ways. The first and most common is doing what's known as a phishing email. And so that's where a malicious attachment is sent saying maybe it's a resume or an invoice or whatnot or a link, and they get somebody in the city to click on it. And 93% of malicious cyber attacks actually come from this type of activity. Uh, The other way is they find a hole in the city's defenses. So Something is left open. Maybe they're allowed to remote into a desktop from the Internet and they didn't put it behind a firewall. So there's a gap. But all of these can always be traced back to a lack of resources and gaps in people, process and culture within the municipalities. So these municipalities that are prone to attack uh, haven't really made sure all the T's are crossed and I's dotted so that they're impregnable to these attacks. Absolutely. And even the Canadian banks struggle to stay safe. Um, imagine the burden that's now on cities. And keep in mind that we're, we're always respectful of the pressure cities have to make the most of taxpayer dollars and be very efficient. And no one's getting reelected for buying a new firewall for their city. Um, but the reality is they have to do these things. So, David, when uh, you see somebody like Stratford paying 75000 in Bitcoin, uh, there have been mixed results on or uh, views on that, whether or not it was a prudent thing to do. How do you see it? 
I have significant sympathies and understand the rationale that payment allows them sometimes to recover even cheaper than restoring from backups and it gets services back to citizens. So I understand the motivations, but I am deeply troubled by the ethics behind it because I know where this money goes. It goes to fund new cybercrime and worse, some of it goes back to traditional organized crime and it funds weapons, drugs and human trafficking. Wow, uh, insidious stuff. So it's done at an organized crime level more often than not? Oh, 80% of cybercrime is tied back to organized crime. So sophisticated technologists develop the tools, and then they go out to consumer criminals like organized crime gangs, um, and they make the money. And keep in mind, I, I would be highly suspect, uh, I would highly suspect that it's the same gang targeting all of the cities in Ontario, um, and they're just working this like a sales funnel. I see. Uh, would your best guess be that they're domestic organized crime or is it offshore? 99% of the time it's offshore because the number one rule of cybercrime flight club is you don't hack in your own country. That's dumb and the cops can actually catch you. As long as you don't hack in your own country or your country's allies, it's carte blanche. So how would this be tracked or traced so that somebody would know definitively who these individuals might be? Well, the good news, and to the city's credit, number one, they reported it to police and engaged the OPP cybercrime unit. That's awesome. A lot of Canadian businesses still don't. And and if we don't fight back with the and tell people, uh, particularly the police, then we'll never get to make any progress. So that's good. Let the police know because they can tell by the toolkits, by the addresses, by the digital fingerprints and footprints they're left behind. So that's very positive. And number two, what I'm encouraged so far is the language from the city of Woodstock is we're not paying the ransom. We're going to restore from backups and we're not going to do this. And that's fantastic. And we need more cities to do that. And number three, the third thing we need is we need the federal government to step up and own its responsibilities. So we're in the middle of a federal election campaign. We seem to be obsessed with hauling out yearbook photos and stupidity and foolishness that all our politicians are doing. And that's great. Uh, and it needs to be out there. But we're not talking about our future. And our future, when it comes to digital, is very much at risk. And these cities don't have the money on their own to protect themselves. Well, all right. And if they did, uh, would it turn into a game of cat and mouse? Then the hackers just, you know, equally stay abreast of developments and as sophisticated as they are, find other ways of getting in? Well, that's one potential scenario, but I like to think about the bear scenario. And the bear scenario is this. My father used to make this joke every now and then where he didn't have to outrun the bear in the woods. He just had to be faster than me. And maybe we just need our Canadian cities to be better than the American cities for now. (laughs) Right. So uh, they would be frustrated here in Canada and go stateside or find other things apart from municipalities. My understanding, certain hospitals have been breached as well. And because they've got a lot of sensitive stuff and uh, they need to be online immediately, they can't have any uh, outages, so to speak. Uh, What's your uh, spidey sense tell you? I mean, could they be, I mean, they have been, but should they pay or how should they operate? Oh, healthcare is a huge target. There was one hospital in Kansas that got hit paid and then the criminals came the next week and hit them again and this puts people's lives in danger and healthcare cybersecurity is not in a good shape because they have even fewer dollars and there's even less appetite to direct uh, dollars in healthcare to security versus frontline doctors nurses and allied healthcare professionals or equipment and I understand that but because criminals know how vital a service it is um, they're going after it and the worst example was when the WannaCry uh, malware hit in the UK it crippled dozens of UK hospitals, canceling hundreds of thousands of patients' uh, procedures and, and in huge impacts, and cost more than a hundred million pounds to clean up so far. To your knowledge, I mean, maybe it doesn't have the same payout, but uh, have any individuals been targeted this way? 
oh, tons of individuals, tons of small businesses. Um, we're talking into the billions of dollars of losses have been accounted to due to ransomware. Um, and it's going to continue uh, because the, when we created the Internet, we created this dependency on all of these digital tools. No one stopped to think about the um, policing aspects. There is no comprehensive law to allow our police to easily cooperate with any police around the world. And all the nasty geopolitics of the last five years are now wrapped into crime as well. So it's a mess. And the reality is our government has not uh, lived up to its part of the bargain in providing safety and security to Canadian businesses and citizens, and we need to do better. Right. And as you say, uh, there have to be certain international agreements to uh, go after these people rather aggressively and shut down these organized criminal networks. Very fascinating. Uh, always great to talk to you, David, and I value your valued insights are appreciated in this program. Uh, we'll do it again, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care. As always, David Shipley, CEO of Boceron Security, Global News Radio, cybersecurity expert and technology analyst. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 